Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Playing, and when they did, the Clippers outlasted the Mavericks. Basketball's back at 1.30 p.m. Eastern today with perhaps the back-to-back MVP, Giannis, in action. And then for the first time in more than 2,000 days, Key's Lakers are going to play a postseason game against Dame and the Blazers. Why do you got to say 2,000 to make it sound? You just make it sound so egregious. Well, let me Those go with just facts. I know it really is truly facts, but it just, you know what I'm saying? It's would, you, like, would you prefer 2,669, which is the exact number? No, I don't want that either. <laughs> and if there's anybody who knows numbers, it's Zubin the accountant. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, CPA style. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That includes Coach Cal and Coach K this hour, plus the history-making president of the Washington football team, Jason Wright, will join us in our final hour as well. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. We were speaking about Tua and his prospects in the NFL. And Key, you just think the body type is not exactly what you need, and maybe the coaches around him aren't exactly what he needs to succeed either. Look, here's what I would say. The guy did a terrific job at Alabama at the quarterback spot, but so has a ton of those guys that have come along, right? You think about, we had Greg McElroy. He think, won a title. Pretty, pretty, won a title. But I also have a history with the offense that they ran at Alabama. I look at our quarterbacks that we had out west. Whether it was Mark Sanchez, whether it was Matt Liner. At SC. At SC under Steve Sarkeesian and Lane Kiffin. Carson Palmer was really the only guy that kind of took the NFL and grabbed it and made do of it. I look at Coach Gailey, the offensive champ, Gailey, offensive coordinator down at, in Miami. If you told me Coach Caldwell, who was the former offensive coordinator who had to take a leave of absence because he got sick a year ago, mm-hmm. if he was the offensive coordinator down there and quarterback coaching, I probably would feel different about Tua's prospects of becoming something special in the National Football League. When you look at Coach Gailey, it's like, who has he ever coached? How did he all of a sudden get this tag as a quarterback expert offensive coordinator? Just look at the history of his stops. I'm not talking college football and Georgia Tech. I'm talking the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just looking at that and saying – how did he all of a sudden become this quarterback expert? That worries me, especially when you don't have pieces around you to help you out when you're a young quarterback. Let me ask you this. There's probably no franchise in the NFL that's been looking for a replacement. Since Dan Marino. Right? Mm -hmm. So if this one doesn't work, and clearly they think it will, where are you as an organization? We're coming up on like But they all think it's going to work when they draft you. That's true. Think about it. They all, no matter if it's this organization or another one, they all say to themselves, we got the right guy. So you're saying you don't think two is going to work? I don't necessarily know. I'm kind of a waiting, major wait and see approach because I also look at the players that he was with at Alabama, which is a factory, mm-hmm. okay? There's three, four, five dudes drafted in the top 50 picks every single year, and especially at the skill position. Again, Jared Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, Smith is there right now who's going to be a first-round pick. Yep. Waddle's there right now who's going to be a first-round mm-hmm. pick. Najee Harris is probably going to be a late first-round pick. At and the those are only just offensive and players you're talking only about. Only offense. Right. Not include Mosley on the defensive side and certain. And it's just a different situation for me when I evaluate Alabama quarterbacks. And I know Steve Sarkeesian does a hell of a job with QBs in college. From an injury standpoint, Jay, it's not akin to yours, but this was one of the most catastrophic injuries we've ever seen 
on a football field, the dislocated hip. On top of an injury. The oh, Alabama yeah. medical staff is unbelievable. There were some people that say that could have been a career-ending hit had he not gotten the right surgery and recovered the way that he did. Take us inside the mind of somebody that's had to recover from that in, as you've said, a brutally violent sport. I've never, I've never had a hip injury. I don't, I don't know what that is. I've had a lower extremity injury. I don't know how a hip injury, you know, I've never been a quarterback, so I don't know how, how would that hinder your mobility in the pocket especially when you have to have quick bursts. But anytime like you that. have anything wrong with your lower body, when you have to plant and you have to rocket step, you have to slide the pocket, you have to throw, you have to wait, do wait, things. Wait, wait, wait. What's a rocket step mean? I mean, it's quarterback. Sorry. No, I'm no, no. It's cool. No, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's just, it, I can't demonstrate it, but it's something in the pocket. Okay. You know, where he has to make sure he, he hits his back foot, plant, slide up, and deliver the football. Um, that is going to be hard for any quarterback. So, when you first talk about the lower body injuries on QBs, the first thing you say is, are they able to stand tall in the pocket, still do what they did that before they got injured? We don't know. You've seen him run around and do some stuff. Same conversation you would have with Alex Smith. Same conversations with Tom Brady when he tore his ACL. When people start to mess around your legs, it's a little bit different. And so this will be the first time that he's back in action since college, and it was a long layoff. Now, Medical experts say he's a good to go, so they draft him. I'm all for that. I don't necessarily like a six feet, six one quarterback. Six one, I might be able to live with, but when you tip in a six foot scale, and everybody points to Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, the aberrations that they they all everybody goes, oh, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, stop. Because it's a whole bunch of them that came after them and a whole bunch that came in between and a whole bunch that came are just going to come when they're going out of the game that'll be sent home because it does not work out. There's a reason that Deshaun Watson is 6'4", legit. There's a reason that Lamar Jackson is as big as he is and Tom Brady and Cam Newton and so on and so on and so on because football is a big man's game for the most part. Okay, yes, there are people like Tyreek Hill that dominate for his size. But then there's also people like Julio Jones and Michael Thomas Mm. that are trees. And there's people like J.J. Watt that come around the edge that are giants for a reason. You mentioned Cam. Cam is the first opponent for the Dolphins, no matter who their quarterback is. It's going to be the Patriots and the Dolphins on September 13th. Pretty clear where Key stands. Jay, I know you love football. All, all, what do you I, think? all I wanted to say is when Seattle beat Denver, I mean, Russell Wilson threw for two touchdowns and no interceptions. You're talking Russell about in the Wilson. Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I hear you, but it seems Man, like you're going to make me throw this pin at you. Go and throw it. I'll catch it. I got cat-like hands. All I'm saying is that, you know, I know they're aberrations, but there still are those aberrations that do come about. And my thing is, when you look at Tua, he is I'm the not most a matter-of-fact saying it's not going to work. That's not – I don't want okay. – You're want just the saying people, that the percentages are not on his side. The percentages are not on his side. Because okay, I don't well, want people in their that. cars – I don't – shut up. I don't, I, I don't want people in cars <laughs> and looking at us on ESPN, two, uh, ESPN News saying that, oh, Key just doesn't like me. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. And maybe, maybe if I would have gone to Duke – you don't I have would to get been, salty and I start throwing shade. I would have been a little bit clearer. Because I helped you out with wording. In, in, in terms of <laughs> being able to display. No, I'm just. I'm just <laughs> go ahead, Z. We're throwing pens. We're throwing shade. See, he went to USC. He's violent. <laughs> <laughs> Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. We're going to go to the Shell Pennzoil performance line. I know, Key, you said Alabama was a draft factory in football. 
The man that invented the one and done and created a draft factory in basketball, of course, is the great John Calipari, four-time Final Four at Kentucky, a national champion, and he joins us on Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Behenti here on ESPN Radio. Coach Cal, first things first, November 10th, the Champions Classic that includes Kentucky and Duke. We'll have Coach K on at the bottom of the hour. What have you been told about the likelihood that we're going to start college basketball on, on time or start it at all? Well, we don't know right now, but I'm going to tell you a couple things. One, players want to play and coaches want to coach. Um, And it's August 18th. My thing is we just have to keep moving slowly. Um, The NBA and the WNBA has given us a pathway. And how we go with it, uh, and again, guys, let me just say, we have the ultimate bubble. Jay Will's been on our campus. I don't believe the other – I don't think you guys have been on our campus, but we have uh, the, the lodge where our kids live. They have a single room and a single bath. They have a cook in the building. There's no one else in the building except them. Right across the street is our practice facility. No one in the building. No offices are being occupied. We have the ultimate bubble. Um, to keep our kids safe. But we are still moving slow. We're still not doing body-to-body. I don't feel comfortable yet. So everything we're doing is five guys at a time, six guys at a time with social distancing if we can. And then, But there's no body-to-body. There's no setting screens, playing defense. And probably I'm still a week or two away from that. Um, But we all want to play safely. This new saliva test kind of changes things a little bit. Things are changing daily. So to move quickly to say, well, we're not going to do this until we none of us know yet. But I do know these kids want to play and we want to coach safely. Um, and, and I think the NCAA and I, I know our league, Greg Sankey's done a great job. I've been mad at Greg at times because I thought he was moving too slow. But he was doing it at the right pace. He's just trying to say, where is this going to go? Coach Cal, what is the biggest thing that the NC2A, as well as the SEC and other conferences, got to get right to be able to attack this corona? Well, let me let me just say, Keyshawn, this isn't football for me because I, I can really throw a football. But I know <laughs> nothing about football, Okay. <laughs> So when I talk basketball, I'm talking 12 players. I'm talking a party of 20. Um, I take the bubble or the pod. um, It's been shown to work now. Now, do you have multiple bubbles or pods? Do we go and play the Champions Classic in a bubble without fans, and we play each other? We all play each other round robin. We walk away with three games. Do we put in a bubble – or a pod, let's say Kentucky, Louisville, and Michigan State with three, quote, J. Will by games. Detroit, where my son plays. Uh, Murray State and uh, East Tennessee State with us. And we play around Robin so that we can get the by games where those teams really need that money. We can do that. Do we do it that way? Is the NCAA tournament? In a bubble, I know Dan Gabbett right now is looking at all kind of different options. What I'm happy about is we're doing it now. We're not waiting till, you know, two months from now, 
saying, well, what do we do now? No, we're doing it now to try to figure it out. But we have a different path that the NBA and the WNBA have both shown us you can do this. Now do we figure out how we do it? Coach Izzo has seconded your plan on playing everybody in the double in the Champions Classic. Dan Gavitt, by the way, the vice president of the NCAA for Ben's Basketball. We welcome those of you now watching on ESPN2 following KBO Baseball. It's Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. We're speaking with Kentucky head coach John Calipari. Jay, you are up. Yeah, Cal, how you doing, brother, first and foremost? Good, I'm doing good. I'm hoping you guys are all safe, too. Thanks, man. Uh, if the goal is to get to March Madness, that is obviously, you know, it's the the biggest thing that obviously was canceled last year. How does how does the committee actually evaluate teams and who's more deserving than other teams to get in, considering that you guys might only play conference only schedules? You know, it's a good question, and and I got to do this before I answer that, Jay. Well, you know, I have things I got to get out of here. So, Uh-oh. first of all. So first of all, um, you know, think about students who prepared their whole life to be in a college setting, to prepare for the rest of their lives, uh, and this hits. Think about a football player who is trained, who has matured, who has given everything, and his family has sacrificed, and he's looking around saying, I'm going to do this, and my why is taking care of my whole family, or basketball players. Or how about a volleyball player that her whole life is about how can I get to that next level and I want to win a national title? Or a basketball player that just his whole goal was to play in the NCAA tournament. We have to do everything in our power slowly to see if we can make that happen and not just take it away at the first sign of things. This thing is changing weekly. We have to move slowly. We can't be moved by one person's opinion or a second because, you know what, there'll be two or three other opinions that'll say they're wrong. That's not right. So we have to move slowly with this. Now, when you talk about competitive equity is what you're saying, there's not going to be any, Jay Will. (laughs) There's not. We can't worry where, well, so-and-so played more league games than us. Or why do their schedule harder than us? Let's just play. There's not going to be competitive equity. This is about one term. You ready? Survival. Survival of athletic departments. We There's some teams that cannot play. Okay. Keep your job. Keep the scholarships and play next year. Not in sports because we can't get this up and running. Now, it may happen. It may happen, but we've got to move slowly, and I'm saying this again, for these kids, not just to keep them safe. That's the number one thing. How about this, Jay Will? How about their mental health? You can't keep a kid in a room for 20 hours a day when he's 18 years old and think that's going to work and we're not going to have mental health issues. I mean, we've been arguing that one. I argued that on my campus. You have to give me access because they want access to me. It's not the other way around. I already told you, we're not practicing live practices. How about I get to be with them? They get to ask me questions. Are we going to have a season? What's going to happen to my life? How about my family? Coach, how do you see? All this stuff is uncharted waters, 
We're not going to have competitive equity. We're not. And you know what? Danny and the committee is going to have to pick teams that it's going to be harder. And there's going to be stuff. And we can't say there's going to be 150 teams. There may be 32 teams instead of 68 teams. Well, then, Cal, how do you handle situations like North Carolina where all their students are being asked to go home, do remote learning, but yet the football team, maybe potentially basketball team, are staying on campus to continue to play games? Do you think that's the right way to go? And if if so, if you think that's the right way to go, then it gets into the conversation about athletes being compensated, obviously understanding and recognizing that there's also uh, an economic component to this as well. See, that's why I can't stand you, Jay Will. I know you I love you, Kyle. You know you love me. About. You know you love me. We talk all the time. <laughs> I do love you. But here's what I would say. First of all, I I told Keyshawn, I'm not worried about football. I can throw at Keyshawn today about 40 yards, about 38 yards. All right? <laughs> but I don't know football. I don't know what happened at Carolina. I do know what's happening at Kentucky. We tested every student before they were accepted back on campus, every one. The positive rate was 1%. It was less than 1%. So now it falls on the students to be responsible. Now you can, we have protocols. If you see it, take a picture of it, turn it in, and the university is going to deal with it, including off campus here. Do I believe that's going to stop people from getting together? Absolutely not. My wife and I drove by a restaurant. We saw about 500 people. My wife shook her head and said, what in the world? Um, you're looking for masks. Please wear your mask. It's not a political statement. Wear the mask, wash your hands, and stay away from people. If you don't know them, you have to act like they have this virus. I say that at Carolina, obviously it didn't work. We have on our transparent you can go to a web page or a website and find out at that moment how many positive cases are on our campus. Every day you can go and check. Our, our president, Dr. Capilouto, has a medical background. He has moved really slow. And, and, you know, again, there are times that I'm – my concern is more about mental health. That's my concern. Could you imagine you two? You threes, Zoom, and I don't know I don't know you that way, but those other two were in athletics in college. Could you imagine for eighteen straight days being in your room eighteen to twenty hours a day? Could you imagine what you would be doing? Where where that's what you have we have to figure this this out. Like if my team has tested, we're gonna be testing once a week. Uh-huh. If they're negative all the time, they can be a family. They can be in areas together. As long as they stay in that bubble, you have to let them come together for their mental health. You have to have areas that they can do things together. And, and again, it's all, we're learning. We, it's, it's the 17th. It's the 18th of August. And I'm telling you, we coaches want to coach. Players want to play. Let's figure out if we can do it on time. Let's figure out hybrids. Let's talk about it. Let's be transparent. I heard this morning, I watched some news this morning, and the North Carolina thing, they, the students were saying there was no transparency. You have to be transparent in this. You can't be hiding things. 
you can't be sensitive or we're going to make the decisions with no one else involved. Not in this. Not in this. You're going to have to be transparent and let other people involved. Even within our own leagues, you can't say this is what we're going to try to do where coaches and student-athletes weren't involved in the decision. You can't. It won't work. Let's end on a positive note. The draft lottery is later this week. Kentucky guys are always a part of it. One of the greatest Coach Cal quotes of all time when he's advising players, if you want to do what's best for you and your family, you should go pro. If you want to do what's best for me and my family, you should come back. Coach, that's one of the great ones, man. I love that line. I still say it. I, Dewan Wagner was the original one and done. And when John Lucas, who was the coach of the Cavaliers, promised me he would take him at four, I called Dewan Wagner in, and I tore up his scholarship papers. Wow. He looked at me, and he said, what are you doing? I said, you ain't coming back, son. You're the fourth pick of the draft. At worst, you're the fourth pick. So you're going to have to do this. You know, the kids we have in this year, I just, again, can you imagine this group of kids who have worked their whole lives to be in this situation and then this happens? And that's why I'm happy the NBA is doing the lottery, moving with the draft. I mean, there are, we just have to do stuff in a safe way. But you can't, at the first sign that someone says something, all right, we're shutting it down. The reason is a week later, someone else will come back and say, well, that's not true. It's more like this and this. You could do this. Just keep moving slowly, slowly. And it'll play out for us, and it'll be clear. Let me say that. I'll restate that. Somewhat clear of what it is. But, yeah, I'm happy for – I just – Tyrese was just in town. I'm happy for him and Emmanuel and Ashton and – EJ and Nick, you know, uh, Nate is going to have his opportunity. I get six guys out there. I've got nine new players on this team. And can I tell you guys, I'm going to have a good team, so we have to play. Like, <laughs> the only people, the only thing I know we're not beating is that virus. I'm saying, I'm, I'm looking at anybody else. Come on, bring it. Let's go. So that's why I keep saying that. I'm not the only coach, though. You, you have coaches that want to do this. They want to take care of their kids. How about, I don't want to get sick. Neither does any other coach. But I'll tell you that we all want to coach because it's what we do for these kids. Hey, Coach, real quick, I got to ask you this because I got a couple of former great African-American athletes on the set. The McClendon Initiative that you are bringing forth to get more minorities involved in all levels of coaching. Quick update on that. Well, it's all levels of administration. And, and, um, you know, I, I say this. Um, the success, and my wife and I have talked about this, success that's happened for me and my family and anything that's happened has been because African-American families have entrusted us with their son. So now it becomes you can't just sit there. Tommy Amaker and I organized this initiative, and initially we were going to do it on our campus at Kentucky. But then it was like we can make this to scale. So all of a sudden we got 76, 77. Coach K, who you say is coming on here later, is a part of it. Nick Saban is a part of it. 76 coaches of all sports, of everything, saying we are going to fund positions on our campuses in athletic administration because there's no diversity issue on the fields. But there is a diversity issue within the administration as far as athletic directors and leaders within athletics. Now that leads to not enough African-American coaches of color. There's not enough coaches that way. And then 
you know, you have to attack it one way, and that's where we're doing it. Great stuff, Coach. We'll continue to tab the progress on that, pushing it forward for generations minority, to come. Minorityleaders.org. Minorityleaders.org. 300 young people, students, um, people with jobs have applied already for these jobs, so I'm excited. Great stuff. We'll book a market. Coach, thank you so much. Thanks, All Kyle. right, Coach. Anytime you need me, I got more eligibility. <laughs> Thanks, Keyshawn. Bye-bye. From Coach Cal to Coach K, the national champions, Jay's old coach, continue to roll on. Keyshawn, Jay, Will Zubin next on ESPN Radio and now airing on ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Williams, Zubin Mahenti here above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. All of our guests appear on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That includes the five-time national champion, Mike Krzyzewski of the Duke Blue Devils, who joins us this morning. He's had four Wooden Award winners. Their last names were Leitner, Brand, Williamson, and Williams. J. Will is here. And I know Jay wants to ask you a question, but Coach, first things first, 
He wanted me to take us a little inside your relationship. Tell us a little something about the Coach K J Will dynamic we may not know. Uh oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We're pretty transparent. You know, we don't hide anything. So, uh, yeah, I think what most people don't realize is that he graduated in three years and. Uh, he got great genes from his uh, very, very well-educated parents. So uh, he was actually a, a darn good student, And uh, uh, in addition to being a two-time National Player of the Year. Other than that, he did a really bad job for me. At <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of room for growth defensively, Zubin. How about that? Uh, Coach, first and foremost, I, I hope you're doing well. And I'm yeah. curious – you know, how have these last couple of months been? Just, you know, how do you communicate with your team? What kind of protocols are in place? Obviously, there's a lot of questions looming around. Will we have college basketball or not? Yeah, well, we're going to have college basketball at some time. I, I think it's important as a as a uh, as a sport, men's college basketball, that we are united and stick together. I think what's happened with football has not been good and that we have a united front and being a military person I, I believe in you know no man left behind in other words uh... If the ivies are doing something a little bit different than uh... the pac twelve big ten you know let, let's make sure we take care of our brothers and come up with a solution where uh... all these kids have an opportunity to play and it might mean adjusting the uh... The season, you know, the timetable of the season, but uh, uh, you know, I, that can be done. The main thing is to have a tournament uh, to figure out what metrics you use to get into the tournament, and uh, maybe have everybody get into the tournament. And uh, and also, what are, what will be the medical protocols going forward, um, so that everyone will be treated on a on, on, in the same way? You know, for me. Uh, it's been a as a leader you it's a time to be extremely fluid i think you listen even more uh find new ways of communicating and we took our time we didn't bring our guys back until two weeks ago and they started school uh yesterday and i, I think that was smart because then they, they weren't just sitting around in their rooms we had uh some continuity going and it's gone really well my guys have done a great job my staff and my players Coach K, I don't know if you remember me or not, but I'm your former two guard, Keyshawn. <laughs> yeah, you're the. Uh, yeah, you're the. I think you were my two guard when we were 11 and 17. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Will was my point guard when we were winning national championships. But you know, I, I still love you the same. Yeah. You know, no, I know, uh, Coach. Uh, what conversations have you had with the NC2A about the likelihood of getting going again, playing basketball? You know, Keyshawn, you bring up a great point in that uh, it's one of the problems that uh, college basketball has is that you don't talk to the NCAA. You talk to a person. And uh, our sport is run by committee. And it's not – Dan Gabbett's doing a good job as senior vice president now for, for men's college basketball. But uh, this is a time that we need – uh, pinpoint responsibility and a and a face and a leader, and uh, where this doesn't go to oversight committees and you know it, it can get committed out. And John Thompson used to say, you know, we're always fighting them, they, 
You know, the NCAA is really a pronoun. You know, it's not a name. It's, it, it should be Dan Gabbitt. It shouldn't be them, the NCAA, those guys. Uh, you don't get things done unless you have face-to-face communication and, uh, and pinpoint responsibility. And Dan, <clears throat> Dan has been put in a good position. He needs to be put in a higher level of position and has his own task force uh, to not just handle this situation, but to, to move forward. And uh, just for you guys to know, we now have a new executive director for the Coaches Association, and Craig Robinson, who's took over for Jim Haney, and Craig is brilliant. And I think this is a time for our, our sport just to move forward and and uh, have a different structure. You know, we're you know, we're the thing that the NCAA is most concerned about because – Men's college basketball in the tournament pays for something like 98% of the – it produces 98% or more of the money uh, for the NCAA, not college football or any other sport. So, yeah, uh, we, need, we need to have the tournament. Uh, we can't have it where two years in a row you do not have the NCAA tournament. And, guys, I think that's where you should start is – Make sure we have the tournament. It doesn't make any difference when it is because we don't even know when the NBA season is going to be next year. And uh, we should look at them to see how they navigate the, uh, the waters you know, going forward. They've navigated it really well with the bubble. And they, do have, they, don't, have the, they don't have the NBA. They have Adam Silver. And that's what I'm saying is what we, uh, what we really need in college basketball. Coach, what are your thoughts on the way everything's been happening in college football? Obviously, I think that, you know, I know that the two entities operate differently with the Power Five and then with the NCAA for basketball. But, you know, obviously the, the Pac-12 and the, and the Big Ten deciding not to have a fall season while the SEC, Big 12, and ACC are, are still dil- diligently moving forward. Well, you know, again, I think uh, people have the right to make the decisions that they think are are best for them and their and the people they represent or they're leading. Uh, you know, it's uh, I don't understand why the five medical teams of the Power Five conferences uh, could not come up with whatever the whatever you know, the decision is and and do it for college football. It it, it becomes very fragmented. And that's what I want to make sure it doesn't happen for uh, men's college basketball, where we're we're kind of all over the place, and uh, and we need to be in one place together, and be unified, and take the suggestions of the medical uh, personnel from each conference, and come up with a strategy, come up with a course of action, and uh, I think it's not good for their sport. You know, again, I'm whatever you do, you can play or not play. That's, you know, but I think you need to do it together, and uh, uh, that's what I hope uh, we can do with men's college basketball. Last one for you: the legendary Coach K is joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. You're 73. Coach Beheim is 75. Coach Jim Beheim at Syracuse. What's the concern with the susceptibility to the coronavirus of, you know, I see how active you and Jim still are standing there around five sweaty teenagers trying to win a huge game in the ACC. Uh, how do you feel about that considering your age? 
Well, we're going to follow the advice of our medical uh, docs. We have a actually the guy who heads the ACC, Cameron Wolf, is one of our docs. And uh, right now, I keep my distance. Uh, you know, we have a good program. You know, my guys, we come in four guys at a time. My coaches are at individual baskets. Uh, I keep social distancing. I, um, well away from them and then I got to just see how that moves along you but you bring up a great point I'm not going to be reckless uh, I'm going to I'm going to do what I, I need to do and uh, but I feel great you know so far we've had we test every Friday and when they came back we also tested for the antibodies and uh, but every Friday we get the results back Saturday and then based on you know, hopefully everyone being negative, we move forward. If somebody was positive, uh, we have to make sure that whatever contact tracing is taking place and what we do. And that, just so you guys know, going forward, that's going to be a critical thing, that if there is somebody found positive, which the likelihood of that is is pretty high, what does it do for everyone else? And does everyone follow the same Protocol. In other words, I'm playing against Jay Will's team on Saturday, and we're tested on Thursday. And if I have a positive, what does that do for my team? Are we all in quarantine? Are we, you know, is the, the game will be can't? There won't be any forfeitures, but is the game canceled? And things like that. We have to figure out, you know, how many guys are out before you cancel a game. Uh, you know how many games can be played. You know the in, you know, the inequity and and the number of games that will be played by each team. There there's some big time decisions that need to be made, and I don't think we need to rush into it. Uh, I would rather take some time, to be quite frank with you, and uh, so that we can start this and finish it. It's not just about starting; it's about finishing. And uh, the more information we can gather, the better. So. Uh, uh, John, I, I think had John on before me. Uh, we we meet every Thursday as a as a group of coaches for three months, and we're trying to work with Dan Gavin to find out solutions for our game. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys bringing all this up, and uh, let's keep talking about it and figuring it out, and you know, keep pushing Dan Gavin to be the the head guy for college basketball. He's done a great job. He's obviously comes from a great lineage in the basketball world. Coach K, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, thanks you guys. Thanks, and Keyshawn, uh-huh. you know, uh, we're not setting any screens for you. You become a passer from now on. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Give the, the ball class. to Jay Well. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Jay. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate it. All right. It, Take man. care, you guys. Right. Keyshawn, Jay Will, Zubin brought to you by Mako. Roll out refreshed with Mako, where Peyton Collision Repair is easier and safer. We'll react to what you just heard there from Coach K. Some interesting comments, plus one NBA coach who might be coaching his final three games.
Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Jay Will is fired up. We say hello to the most contested playoff matchup in NBA postseason history. You just heard it there. Celtics over the Sixers in game one. Is it the beginning of the end for Brett Brown? We'll get Jay's thoughts on that in 20 seconds. But first, a reminder, Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, reminding you to check out ESPN Audio at Home by telling Alexa to play news from ESPN. ESPN Audio at Home is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. From customization and service to financial assistance, Mercedes-Benz Vans are ready for anything. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The new president of the Washington football team, Jason Wright, will join us at 9.10 a.m. Eastern. So from 9.10 a.m. Eastern to the clock striking midnight, perhaps, for Brett Brown. They lose last night. He's been on the hot seat for quite a while. Jay, your thoughts on his future if the Sixers cannot get it done in this series? I don't think we'll see Brett Brown be the head coach for the Philadelphia 76ers after the bubble is over. Um, last night, for Joel Embiid to have five shots in the first quarter and then to only shoot ten other shots throughout the course of the game, 
he had to prove that he was the best player on the floor. And I think a major part of that is coaching. Now, whether you're one of these believers of whether Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid can work together or not, you still have top-tier talent on the same team. I think before you split those two up, it's time to recalibrate with a new coach. And I think Philadelphia will be in the coaching carousel with names like Ty Lue, Mark Jackson, Darvin Ham, uh, you know, other coaches that are up for this opportunity to help these two guys potentially win a world championship. And how long have we been talking about the process, right? I mean, it's been like the process. Oh, the process. It really got started about three years ago, and they're still in the same position from three years ago. You you have talent like Jay is saying. You're rolling out talent every single year, but it, it seems to have something, a kink in it, where you can't get over the hump. And what happens in professional sports when you got talent is you look to the messenger. Where's that guy? He's the head coach. Oh, okay, he's not delivering that message to the players. It's not seeping in. If you think about, for instance, you think about New Orleans and Alvin Gentry, right? You think about the AD situation they go through, but then they get Zion. They they, they got a, a host of talent that came over from the Lakers. Now he's no he no longer has a job yep. because he couldn't get it done. And this is the same thing for Brett Brown. If they don't get, even if they got to the Eastern Conference final, that's probably not going to save him either. And think about this. I mean, they're not getting to the Eastern Conference final. No, but I'm saying if they did, did, for whatever reason. But there's going to be a trickle-down effect when it comes to the coaching carousel. Because once Ty Lue takes a job and he's going to demand a lot of money, then you're going to see where do other teams fit in with who the coaches that they find are. You have Brooklyn, Chicago, New Orleans. I think Philly's going to become available. You have a lot of teams that are going to be vying for his services. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone is America's number one battery destination. No matter what battery problems you're dealing with, you can find your solution at AutoZone. They have an extensive selection of reliable batteries starting at just $79.99. So next time you're having start in trouble, start at AutoZone, get in the zone, AutoZone. I dug out Brett Brown's win totals, okay? This is what Jay Will might be talking about. Key, listen to these numbers and try not to, uh, to wins here. Seven years on the job, 19 wins, 18 wins. You ready for this one? 10 wins in his third season, 28 wins. That's through four seasons. Hasn't got to the 31 mark. The beginning, the-, the beginning of the process. Yes, 52. Okay, we started the process. 51. We started the process. And 43 now we started the process, but less games, games this season. Though. But less yes. games this season. But we always talk about the playoffs. Regular season is cool because you you need the regular season to get to the next step. But when you get to the postseason, where's the team? Where's the players? Where's the message? I ask you guys this: Who is the alpha on the 76ers? Is there one person, and I, he was there last year when Jimmy Butler was there because oh, Jimmy Butler sure. demanded greatness from everybody. And now the question is, Joel Embiid, yeah, is he the most talented? Potentially. But is this a game for bigs anymore as the game moves up and down north, but south, even, or fast? But even so, right, though, it, it's, not about, it's not about the game for bigs. It's a, to me, when you say alpha, it's about the personality. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. they following that leader? Sure. Are they following it? Jimmy Butler didn't stand for anything but greatness. And Joel Embiid sometimes, Joel, and sometimes he does this. He goes up. He goes down where, you know, to the point where he's even responding to critics like you like, come on, man. I just think eventually that duo is going to be broken up. I think we're going to see Brett Brown go first. We'll see somebody else come in. But I, I just don't believe they have, you have two 
two passive personalities. Nobody wants to be the alpha and say, we'll follow take, me into battle. We'll follow take Ben me. Simmons out west if you want to go. I can tamper, see. Speaking of out west, Lakers, first playoff game in more than 2,000 days. But will they last more than one week? The Blazers are hot. That's next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.